Welcome everyone back to another great edition of Cleve and Me podcast style. I know we've taken almost three weeks now actually Cleveland since the last time we've done a true podcast. We did do the YouTube video um, before we went to Monday Night Raw last week and that's where I'm going to start. Had a phenomenal time. Um, we had a group of five. We had so much fun in the VIP seating. We were on TV sometimes. Uh, just a blast in general. We ended up getting pretty cool chair that says ringside. Then we got, uh, I have a Becky Lynch sign photo. There were some different ones. There's Drew McIntyre, Asuka. Um, I also did get the Stone Cold 316 shirt. My brother got that, that one that says Chicago. That was pretty cool. Um, just a great experience overall. We got to see, obviously, some of the likes of the legends like a Goldberg, Bobby Lashley, uh, Charlotte Flair, amongst others. But Cleveland, uh, you know, you had vacation here for a week. I had some personal crap going on, but we're back better than ever. Uh, what'd you think about the VIP experience and uh, how we doing, my man? Man, I'm going to be honest. It's hard to go back to watching wrestling on TV after seeing it live. I would say this for people that have never seen wrestling live, you have to go one time in your life just because it's a different feeling than just sitting at home every week watching it. Man, like um, it was certain moments throughout the matches where the crowd of Starry Chen mid match, or um, you remember the main event pay per view, it was Ryder, I believe, versus Cedric Alexander, and they wanted Ryder to be the face. But the crowd of Chicago was cheering more for Cedric, especially our little area. Cedric got more cheers than compared to TV where he received some booze. So it's sort of different how it's from live in the tele TV because they can sort of lower the booze and raise the cheers and stuff for certain characters. So it was pretty interesting. And I read an article the next day where they describe how the Chicago crowd was very rowdy. Uh, Sort of hijacked a few matches. Uh, we got a CM Punk chant against the Charlotte. Which, which is always a staple, but the Wyatt chant was a new one that they could not hide. That was funny because Tones was the first one I heard that night where Tones, we were walking around. Heel Tones will make an appearance later. He uh, shouted out Bray Wyatt, and then you got a chant during the main event of it, and you got it throughout the night. So it was just really cool to see. Chicago crowd is always rowdy. We're all going to voice our opinion. So it was a great experience for me. Oh, uh, no. I, and you know what? The only part, all state arena do better. Oh, yeah. Um, seats. <laughs> like, come on now. Like, they, th it was their first big event since COVID, and they didn't hire enough people. But WWE did a great job. All state arena, not so much. But overall, we both give it the thumbs up and. I th we'll probably do it again. Uh, I don't know exactly what event, when, or how we will, but uh, it was definitely worthwhile and um, a cool experience. If you haven't done it and you have the chance to be fortunate enough to do so, try it out. Because I've been to two WrestleManias now, uh, one pre-COVID, one in COVID. Um, you know, I've I've done Money in the Bank at Allstate. I've done a you know a few other things, and this just being so close was awesome. Um, you really felt the energy and passion being right up there with the superstars. Uh, that being said, though, Cleveland, boy, oh, boy, I know we talked about um, news in last week's show. If you haven't seen that, it is under um, Cleveland Me on YouTube. And, you know, we just talked about a little bit about CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. We don't know when their debuts are yet, um, but we gave our opinions there if you want to check that out. 
we talked about Bray Wyatt as well and how, you know, now Cleveland, we're saying, you know, not a lot of people are breaking this. I don't know if we're dumb or just not, but we're thinking maybe WWE didn't uh, quite just nix him. You want to give our uh, what we think on that? Uh, you're going to hear it live from us first, Cleveland, me, because like Joe mentioned, there's not a lot of people that are really piecing this together. But me, from my numerous sources, me going on uh, Bleach Report and World Culture, reading into the comment section and sort of piecing the things that people are noticing. And it seems to me that Bray Wyatt is still under contract with the WWE. Now, maybe, and I was kind of, this is going to sound crazy, sounds like a sci-fi type movie, but this is WWE. So maybe Bray Wyatt got released, but the Fiend is still under contract. So it's um, I don't it's a crazy point, but I'm I'm 100% back that Bray Wyatt, the Fiend is still with the WWE. And you know, I'm not going to say 100%. I, I'm definitely in the middle now. I because I, I was just always dumbfounded by this. A lot of releases made sense, but not Wyatt, of course. Um, so I'm I'm not uh certain on that yet but i'm, I'm hoping it happens because i would love for him to be back i mean his merchandise is we went last week it was being sold uh we had a buddy there yesterday it was being sold and uh his name still is wwe and i know a couple other superstars do but interesting interesting stuff that we'll see develop over the next few weeks uh just to let everyone know as well in this episode we will be getting uh tampa turkey tones in here uh obviously another uh guest co-host of ours so he's going to be joining us for a little bit of time and then we might get ryu kendrick we're seeing and you know with him in training and all that and uh his life growing between his job and wrestling things are crazy busy right now for all but we keep the content going uh i also posted it on twitter at cleveland me again if you're not on there it's your loss by now but our one year anniversary is coming up oh, yeah. uh, i looked it up today cleveland our first show is august 28th so I reached out to a few of our guests, one of them being Premier Amp, one of them being Buck What You Heard, KCL for Life. I've reached out to a few guys, and we're going to try to get as many as we can on in a couple of weeks here for the one-year episode, uh, which is right around SummerSlam, right around um, AEW All Out. So it's going to be a crazy time to talk all wrestling, and we're really looking forward to that. So keep posted. We'll say it here on the podcast, but like I keep saying, you know, Twitter is where you can find the most valuable information. We do apologize for a couple of shows that we were going to have over the past couple of weeks that just, um, you know, we weren't able to to do at that time. But that being said, one of the things already is coming to fruition. We're going to be letting in our other host here, Mr. Tricky Tones. Uh, Tones, uh, you know, real quick, we recapped a little bit about what we thought about a Monday Night Raw VIP experience and how the hell you doing. I'm good. Thanks for uh, having me back. As always, gang, Cleveland, me. It's always a good time in this uh, in in this chat in this podcast. VIP was incredible. Honestly, it's uh, you know everything you you think it is, and and uh, just a great experience uh, being that close to the superstars. We we've seen a spillover in our section actually between uh, Charlotte and. Um, Nick, you know, yeah. the, the underwhelming superhero that <laughs> one might call Nikki Ash. I, I don't feel like spelling out the acronym because she's unworthy of that. But um, it was incredible. No, they put on a hell of a match, those two, and it was a good time to 
negatives were not from the WWE. I will say that any negatives of the experience was from Allstate Arena. The only thing that the WWE could have done a minorly better job was, and I'm not sure if it's quite on them or the Allstate is uh, helping direct you on how to get the wristbands and how to get the package when you're inside the building. And then, um, you know, because a lot of people were going to their seats and then the guy would turn around and say, no, you need the wristband to sit here. So um, besides that, it was a 9.99 out of 10. I would consider it the only 0.01 being off is that. And uh, I would also just like to say the episode was in Chicago. Um, I'd like to dedicate my thoughts and prayers this episode to Chicago PD fallen Ella French, uh, who lost her life this past weekend. So. I'd like to make that statement as we speak, and uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of the episode. Yeah, and no doubt we agree um, on all those fronts, but especially me and Cleve talked about the Rosemont uh, All-State slash WWE thing, but uh, as he said, our hearts are you know out there with the foreign officer at 29 years old, very young. So that's my age. I just turned 29. My birthday was last week. Cleveland's getting up there. Tone's not as close. Unfortunately, I am the old-timer of the group. Um, speaking of comebacks though, and everything, I want to get started because it was so good to see Randy Orton back in the ring. Um, you know, there's not a lot of superstars these days where when they come out there, I just, I just felt good. I was excited about it. I know, um, you know, Monday Night Raw was just last night. Not everyone was able to catch it, but I'm pretty sure we can all agree. Randy Orton, uh, is just amazing and to catch people up who haven't seen it. Riddle last night, he's proud to see him back. Randy starts the show. He comes out and goes, bro, like we need to be a tag team again. The whole crowd's chanting, RK, bro. And Randy tells him, look, I don't want you out there. I don't even want you as my partner. Not only is not my partner, but I don't want you out there for the match. Well, you streamline through the whole show. Long story short, um, RK um, Oak eventually comes out, but not with the help of Riddle. Riddle tries to take out Omas. Kind of struggles with that. At the end of the day, though, AJ Styles flies from the top of the rope, and boom, down comes the RKO. And to end it, you know, they're all chanting RK bro, and they're trying to get them to hug it out, and Randy does hug him. But sure enough, unfortunately, Matt Riddle also gets the RKO, and Randy kind of pats him on the head like, hey, here's a learning experience for you. And he wasn't the most mad. And if you didn't see that, after the show, when USA Network cut it off, John Cena came out. Um, you know, he got him to hug once more, and Randy left the ring. So, I guess to Cleveland uh, first, and Anthony. Um, you know, I I love Randy Orton being back. It's always a good thing. I still think we're going to get RK um, Bro to win it all at SummerSlam over AJ Styles and Omas. Uh, Cleveland, what are your thoughts on him coming back after about a month being gone from vacation time? Um, it was much needed. I was very disappointed that he wasn't in Chicago. Um, I read reports that he was coming back for the show. I was really pumped to see him. But he adds a much-needed star power to Raw. Randy Orton being around is nice. You know, he's always put on good matches, solid promos. Um, I don't think people should see this as the end of the RKO bros. Maybe just a learning lesson that Randy Orton is trying to teach Matt Riddler. You bring up a good point. Um I'm pretty sure they are going to be involved for the tag team champions at SummerSlam. And I'm pretty sure Randy Orton has only held it two times. So maybe he's interested in, you know, winning it with Riddle and then they can go from there. 
Tones, do you like the Orton and Riddle combination, or you think they should fight each other ASAP? I do and I don't. They're one of those combos that um, were kind of thrown together randomly, and you do come to grow and respect what they both bring to the table as a tag team. But at the same time, to me, they're both single competitors. I know Randy's been in and out of tag teams his whole career a little bit here and there. Cleve mentioned um, some a bit, some about his tag team titles and how this could be an opportunity with the RK bro to finally get one of those tag team titles. So it'd be interesting to see that come to fruition for sure. And Randy deserves all the championship belts in the world. And WWE is kind of hurting for tag teams right now. Um, you know, they can't get consistent tag teams to stick around and they often have to copy and paste teams such as RK bro. However, that being said, when we went to Chicago raw, there were surely a good amount of RK bro shirts in the stands. It seems like the team does have some fans behind it. And although they had a blip in the road last night, perhaps, um, that's what exactly what it is, a blip in the road. And, uh, They'll be back and maybe win tag team titles at SummerSlam. Who knows? But I think they'll stick together for the time being. And then, you know, Randy's going to have that Randy Orton-like heel turn down the road. But I do think for now um, they they do stick together. And that's what's important here because um, as much as we disagree or agree on people, when you Randy Orton started the show last night, that reaction was huge. As Tone said, you saw a lot of RK Bro shirts in the crowd last Monday night. Correct. It's just different, and it, it's good to get back. Um, you know, for example, Nikki Ash. Um, you know, we all have our different opinions on there, but you're not seeing a lot of you know gear up here in the stands. I don't really know if they sell it. Um, you're, I saw some signs, um, but just you know, when you get a Randy Orton type back, and Matt Riddle is so young, and I will agree, they are better at being singles. Can uh, competitors probably, but at this time, not a bad way to have a storyline that feeds into another against each other. And I just think uh, the young, the new young guy who's happy and uh, you know he seems a little out of it with Randy Orton being the legend killer, apex predator, all that as AJ Styles uh, said last night. Um, it's good to see. And then when you're going against AJ Styles and Omos, I think those four in total um, are good in the ring together. Uh, real quick before we talk about a little bit more. Um, you know, I do want to give a sh- shout out to Ted, the hillbilly heel on uh, Twitter. He's been a big supporter of ours and parlay, and parlay P uh, between parlay helping us market. And then Ted, the hillbilly heel always complimenting us. I wanted to give you guys a shout out. So uh, thank you boys. And there'll be more shout outs uh, as we always do to the fans out there. Um, on a down note, we did have NXT releases. Uh, as many know, it happened last week and you know just another here are some of the names for first of all who people didn't weren't there some of the bigger names were bobby fish at bronson reed um two male superstars of nxt i actually just started to become bobby fish was a part of the undisputed era for those who don't know uh once they broke up he wasn't seen as much and then bronson reed he you know he might, he's like a shorter heavyweight guy if you don't know who he is uh he had the north american title last and uh, he was uh, very upset about that. But the releases have not stopped. And I don't know exactly where we're going with all this yet, if the company is ever going to sell. Or Vince McMahon, he said him and Bruce Pitcher, they're sick of having guys over 30 in NXT. Or they really want it to be a developmental league, which pissed a lot of people off. Because before AEW, the outlet to go to on TV was NXT. And now it seems like Vince McMahon more wants to get it back to the de- developmental stages. I believe that's why he got he offered Adam Cole a $1 million deal, which I think 
will be coming and happening here in the next few days. But uh, Anthony, I'll actually start with you, then go to Cleveland. Do you think NXT should be more of minor leagues like baseball, or do you see it more as like a, you know, it should be more like it? I don't want to say AFL, but just like, you know, you have it, I don't even know what you would call it, but the minor leagues is how Vince McMahon sees it. But a lot of people view NXT as another show up there exactly with Raw, SmackDown, and AEW. What do you think on the matter? I think personally, I mean, I've seen NXT at the beginning of the days, at the very beginning when, you know, every rookie had a pro, and then the Nexus grew from the original NXT show, and things kind of just shook out like that down the line um, early on, and then the whole NXT dynamic changed into kind of what it is now, but then or what it was as a developmental territory-esque type thing. They had NXT takeovers. It was all the rookies, the newcomers. It was great. And now it is, they're kind of forcing it as an equal show. I personally am a fan of when it's kind of like for the younger guys, for the rookies a little bit, and for the up-and-comers myself. I think the NXT takeovers that they had in years past were phenomenal, highlighted by people such as the Four Horsewomen, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, um, Tommaso Ciampa, you know, Johnny Gargano, uh, A-lister Black when he was in the WWE, Lars Sullivan when he was, there was just a lot of top-of-the-line NXT TakeOver matches, and it was strictly a telescope in the younger guys, and now they're kind of in between older and younger. And my biggest gripe with NXT, honestly, is they do a great job of building these um, stables. Like, we've seen Sanity, we've seen Undisputed Era, and then they just eventually collapse and fold. They release a lot of the guys, and you never know what the hell happens. So I do hope it could turn back into more of a developmental territory, quote-unquote. Not developmental is in terms of, you know, these guys are rusty and whatnot, but kind of the rookie leagues, the up-and-coming leagues, like, you know, a G League for the NBA or a triple A for the MLB, something of that nature, instead of more so of a CFL or XFL type feel, which it's growing now. But to me, if you're going to fucking do something like that, you keep ECW, you idiot moron Vince. I know you want to go PG, but <laughs> you want to equate the show, call up ECW or scratch it and put ECW in the title. So that's, that's my thoughts and opinions on, uh, on the state of NXT and if it should be developmental or if it should be a equal third show. Well, yeah, and I bring it up because not only a lot of people on Twitter, but articles like Deadspin, their headline for yesterday's article is WWE will finally kill NXT. It's been a lot of the chatter lately. And I could see why people who loved NXT, um, you know, would be upset about this. You know, they're, it's like, what are you talking about? You're trying to get more developmental. Uh, you grew this thing up and a lot of people are watching. But at the same time, that I think was the initial purpose of it was to be the developmental, but it grew so much and so quickly that, you know, they had their own following and a lot of people who don't like Vince McMahon, but like WWE and Triple H kept going with that. I do not believe it's killing NXT. I think they might lose, you know, some viewers in the short term who are pissed off. But at the same time, the show goes on. You got Adam Cole on tonight. You got Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe um, getting ready for their battle at, um, takeover like i said a lot not only the one year anniversary of cleveland me but we got a takeover coming aew all out SummerSlam. a lot to be happy about there uh cleveland your thoughts on the nxt you know developmental versus you know what people kind of want it to be like the third show or another show for people to watch on the same level um i have to agree with tones when um nxt was first made it was made for rookies that's why they had 
the rookies and the pro together so the rookies can learn how Dota V operates, so you know how they can improve in the ring compared to you got guys that are 40 years old coming to NXT where no offense, but by 40 years old, you're really not going to be pushed to the upper main card. So you're essentially taking a spot away from a 19-year-old kid that has all the moves but probably just needs to fix them just a little bit. Because if you think about it, all of the greats, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Batista, and Randy Orton all came from OVW, which used to be WWE's old farming um, territory where they would, you know, Shelter Benjamin there was too, where they would horn their skills in the ring, learn to cut promos, learn to carry themselves like wrestlers. And then, you know, NXT just, I don't know, I really, I watched NXT, but I really never really watched it seriously. But I did notice from when it first started toward now how you have older guys that come from overseas or independent circuits that are well into their 30s compared to younger guys that were 22 years old trying to, you know, fill out the game. So I think NXT should be a developmental farm. It should be also for a place for wrestlers that are not thriving on the main roster to be sent back to, you know, work on their skills and promos because honestly, promos is 50% of wrestling today. You can't cut a good promo. It could be really good in the ring, but if your promos is trash, you're not going to get that far. So I like that NXT is going younger. 19, 18, that's the way to go. You have to build for the future. Roman, AJ, my bad. Last off. No, go so, for it, bro. Guys like John Cena, Roman, Bobby, you know, they're all getting into their 40s. These guys are not going to be around that long. You have to build for the future. I agree. And the the way it's shaped up back in the day, it's like you could find so many Randy Orton types if you do it the developmental territory way. Randy Orton was in the WWE um, professionally since 22 years old, I believe, that young. Imagine how many young guys you would find if you brought in a pool of 20 to 30 young talents, how many young lovely ladies you would find to represent the ladies of the roster if you brought in 10 to 50 lady. 10 to 15 lady talents at the time. I wouldn't mind 50 lady ta- talents. But I'm <laughs> 15 lady talents, but you could do some good things. And I'm not knocking the current format of NXT, but it's just not big enough to be the third show. It's just not good enough to be um, up there with the third show. It doesn't have the ECW feel right now. Um, and to me, I, I, I just, I agree with Cleve. I, I like it as a development and, and, these people that they do send down right now to NXT to get more airtime, a lot of them might as well just be roster cuts because people forget who they are when they go to NXT. I mean, and not Finn Balor, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say, Finn Balor, you know, he was great in NXT, but, but some of them, yeah. Some of them, you forget who the hell they are, and it's like, okay, well, um, he's probably the next <laughs> yeah, casualty. Well, and, that, and that's a tough thing with all this, too, because, you know, a lot of people – um, on t- social media, I always say, you know, oh, the only brand to watch wrestling is, you know, NXT. You got a lot of those haters out there. But at the same time, I could see, you know, it, it was developmental at one time. So maybe, and that's what they're going to try to get back to. And, you know, some of these guys, you don't want to make the main roster go up. We've seen cuts happen before, and we a lot of people could complain, but we haven't seen a lot of these people come up big in other outlets. Malachi Black, Alistair Black, one of the few. Um, Miro, you know. He's had a little run in AEW, but you look at some other guys, uh, the Good Brothers to another one, but you look at some of these guys like Ty Dillinger, others, or any, any other NXT releases, and they end up somewhere, and you don't really hear about them either. So 
we'll see what happens going forward. Enough on that, though. I know we're running out of time with uh, Tampa Tones here. He's got another uh, show to do as well. Uh, a couple of topics here. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. It's Tuesday night. Uh, we have NXT on, as I mentioned. If you want to see Adam Cole, Karrion Cross, or Samoa Joe, check that out. Uh, a couple other things from over the weekend slash last night. Um, on the SmackDown side of things, we all know it's uh, Roman Reigns versus uh, John Cena now at SummerSlam after the contract was taken up and signed. We all know that uh, you know Finn Balor was a little tease in there. That all being said, uh, just a little update uh, that I did get the email. SummerSlam a week from Saturday, not Sunday, uh, is in Vegas. Um, but now with the rules and everything and the new Delta variant of COVID, masks are unfortunately required. Um, so I wonder, that will be interesting to see in the crowd. Because like I said, they were required at WrestleMania in Tampa. And I never had to wear one after I got in the stadium. So I'll be interested to see how the crowd looks and goes there because I believe that stadium is fully inside because Vegas is just too hot for it not to be for it to be fully outside. Um, but let's get back to the card. Okay, boys, we're not doing a preview prediction show, but we got Goldberg Lashley locked up. We got Cena Reigns locked up. We have the triple threat with Asuka, Charlotte, I'm sorry, Charlotte Ripley and Nikki Ash. Uh, we have Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. That just became of uh, the latest development. Those are the main cards. It looks like we should get RK Bro versus Omos and AJ Styles. Maybe not. Maybe it's Randy versus Riddle. All that being said, other storylines will be in there. Do you guys like what you're seeing uh, for the SummerSlam schedule, starting with you, Tones? I, I do like what I'm seeing shaping up so far, honestly. And SummerSlam is one of the better pay-per-views of the year and arguably uh, the best pay-per-view of the summer. That's why it's called SummerSlam. Um and it's always mini WrestleMania type feel. They do a really good job. It's going to be interesting to see this year, though. Obviously, like we said, it'll be masked, but but still better to have fans than no fans there. So um, I'd rather, you know, sadly have to take some uh, half-hearted precautions and um, some <laughs> fake precautions than um, you know see wrestling not have any fans. Uh, anyway, I think that I do like the card shaping up. I think there's a lot of good potential matches. There's a lot of good brewing uh, storylines right now on SmackDown especially um, that I'm looking forward to seeing. And then um, I think there's a couple good ones on Raw as well. But just just the star power back right now. And, I mean, John Cena, I was reading a, multiple stories about him yesterday saying how Vince really only wanted him back for two to three shows and how John pretty much said, no, Vince, I want to be back for many more shows than just two. Thank three. God. He said, I want to help the WWE brand out more. Um, he said, this is an important time for wrestling and a crucial time for the WWE. So I want to be here to help ratings crawl back to where they used to be. So Cena understands how important the COVID kickoff is. I call it with uh, wrestling shows coming back to in person. And it sounds like Cena wants to actually be here to stay for a while. We'll see if Vince could afford him. Uh, the state of Vince McMahon pocket wise is a little unknown right now, but it, it surely does seem like Cena wants to stay and that bodes well for not only SummerSlam but uh far beyond that to be honest so it's uh, good to see for wrestling no doubt in the summer Cena continues and he wants to be seen so that you can't see me movement he's showing up uh you know he like Tone said I, I did read that last week as well where he's like look this is a crucial time 
get my ass in there. Uh, Cleveland, he, Tones hit on, you know, more Cena. How about you and the return of Sasha Banks? Um, we all had a feeling she was going on heel on Bianca Belair again, right? She didn't forget about Mania. No, I think Sasha will win at SummerSlam. Uh, I don't know why, but I just got this feeling that Sasha. Already giving your predictions, huh? I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> it might change, but I'm confident on that one. The match card looks phenomenal at the moment. I think the sleeper match will be Damian Priest versus Sheamus. I think that will be a, a hard-hitting match. Um, you got two big guys, Slugfest, that can either open or be a middle match. And the crowd to get into it. Um, Priest has grown on me. I, I like that call. I he like is that. getting better. I, he's finally going to get out this John Morrison Miz feud. Um, shout out Miz come um, back from recovery. Oh, by the way, Tones, I don't know if you saw that, but I I, I, for, I can't believe how I missed on that today. Cleveland, sorry to cut you off, but Miz. He was about to get squirted with, you know, the little guns they got. Yeah, the drip job, whatever. And he gets out of his chair. He gets out of his chair, runs away, and John Morrison is not only startled, but he is not happy. Um, Cleveland, I don't know if you want to continue on that, but I want Tone's input before he leaves too because the Miz being the Miz once again. So the Miz actually got up and ran. That's good to see. That means he's probably healed a little bit. Um, He probably did have an injury, how severe, who actually knows. But he was definitely hurt as he would – you know, not miss like the celebrity all-star softball game that he truly does love. But it is good to see. That means the Miz is healthy again. I like how the WWE um, – They know, played with it a little bit, you know. Like they acted I, like – I like how they choreographed it for sure. Mm-hmm. I like how they set it up. I like how they, um, you know, show that the Miz is healthy at the same time, showing the Miz's true character, how he's a heel. It, it went together pretty well. Um, and it did a good job. I, I guess I'm going to have to look up the clip. It sounds like an exciting one. I've seen bits and pieces of Raw last night. I read all the Raw reviews, but, um, you know, there were a couple other things on. But that's incredible. I love the Miz being the Miz. I'm definitely going to have to look that up. And uh, it was entertaining to see the Miz in Chicago as it was entertaining to see him in um, Carbondale, Illinois, when me and Cleveland did before as well. It's just always a blast seeing one of the best areas the Miz. Well, you know, it was probably awesome. <laughs> but anyways, you know, um, man, I'm glad you brought that up, Cleveland, because I, you know, I forgot about that for a second there. And I think we're going to get, Cleve, the Morrison versus Miz uh, destruction, don't you think? Yes, and I think those will be phenomenal matches. Um, John Morrison, to me, is probably one of the most underrated guys on the roster. He constantly puts on good matches every week. He has a cool finisher. His promos are not that bad. So when him and hopefully when him and Ms. Few, John Morrison goes over and he can finally get a, a single run with the Intercontinental or United States champion or something of deserving for coming back. He's been back for two years now, so I think it's past due. My least favorite match of SummerSlam will be Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. Um, I don't care how much you hype it up. I don't care how much they talk about it. It's not going to be a good match. It's going to be a five-second spear, spear, bogus jackhammer, super, super, super slam, whatever, suplex, and Bobby Lash is going to put him in a hurt lock. Least favorite. So, hey, and uh, you know, before we get uh, Tone's final comments in here, what's the latest? Uh, what happened with Apollo Cruz again on Friday, Cleve? Who does it look like he's going to 
venture off with? Are they still toying with that? Oh, it looks like Shinsuke is next in line to uh, challenge Apollo Crews. So I'm really interested to see that. King Shinsuke is... Man, the crowd pop that. for Shinsuke, I mean, McAfee helps that, but boy, is it a huge pop. No, I mean, the guitar play to his theme music is very cool. It's very live, so... And like we talked about the past few weeks, Apollo Crews just have not lived up to the Intercontinental Champion standards. He hasn't been around in a while, and even when he does, he's just so bland on the mic, and he's really boring. So hopefully the title comes off him at SummerSlam. Yeah, and, you know, Tones, uh, bringing you back in here, because, again, I know you got to go. Me and him, actually, Cleveland, we watched a little bit of AEW Dark over the weekend. Yes, I watch AEW Dark. No, it's hard for the people to believe, but we checked in a little bit of that on YouTube. We watched a couple old-school matches. Uh, anything you want to leave the fans with? And, uh, you know, again, for the people that, for some reason, don't have a brain or might not know, let us know where the people can follow you at and what show you got coming up next. Uh, well, once again, it's always a pleasure. I got Cardboard and Cracker Jacks tonight, and uh, we're rebooting a live edition of the Bucketeers on Thursday, our first one of the football wow. season. We're going to be amped. We're going to be fired up. We got a couple special guests in store for that night. Once again, it's going to be live Thursday night. The Bucketeers will be back. We got ACATS. We got Bucko the Brutes. We got Cody G. We got Stunna of all people. Stunna, Stun, Stun. And we got a couple special guests as well. You know, we've been eating alive this offseason, ready to talk football. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But closing comments on wrestling, um, you know, Cleve the Cowboy, I see him getting antsy over there. Uh, <laughs> team gets their ass kicked in, their tails tucked in between. Wow. Looks like a Ben Pretzel. But no, I'm just kidding, fellas. <laughs> wrestling, I know we're here to talk wrestling. I'll have Cleveland on my show before they play Dallas, as I'll have Joe on my show before they play the Colts. But nonetheless, um, you can follow me at Tricky Tones. BGTE. You guys can follow the Bucketeers podcast at Bucketeers. You can follow Cardboard and Cracker Jacks at Cracker Jacks Pod. And uh, for wrestling, as you guys know, I like my random news and notes about all wrestling. So going to do a couple quick comments here. Impact Plus, I'm not sure if anyone does have the Impact Plus app, but for those listeners that do have the Impact Plus app, that Impact did just add a collection of classic Mickey James matches that are available on Impact Plus. So Impact fans that are listening, or wrestling fans that are listening, uh, Mickey James now has some of her best matches from Impact. Quick question. On- do you have Impact Plus? I do not. Uh, I was going to one's curious to see what it is. Um, I don't have any of the networks. I kind of have Peacock because, you know, someone lost signed in on my account, so I'm appreciative of that. <laughs> but um, I, I might have to, you know, I can't imagine Impact Plus being that expensive. Other news and notes around wrestling before I bounce out and uh, take a mini break in between shows. ROH is moving Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view from Florida due to the COVID pandemic and um, what's going on over there. I'm not really sure where they're moving to. I guess they'll announce later, but they did say it's going to move. And then, um, you know, terrible. It's, it's terrible. When will it stop? We'll see. And then um, we have some other notes. I guess an Ember Moon match might have got canceled tonight. Not sure what was on the plan for her in um NXT match tonight, but we'll see. Other than that, guys, um, just, you know, living day by day. Oh, yeah, it says breaking news. After Ember Moon was deemed not medically cleared to compete um, 
Sorry, WWE will battle number one contender Dakota Kai to open tonight. So Ember Moon is out. Okay, okay. Man, the dog was even barking. That's how much news that they didn't even like there with all this COVID crap canceling stuff. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And uh, But as always, as the third host of the show, Tones, again, we appreciate your time. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon on Cleve and Me. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Man. I'll, I'll be seeing you guys around, Cleve. Uh, address <laughs> for the box of tissues that you're going to need. September. I know it's coming a little quick, quicker than you'd like, but um yeah your dog's even feeling <laughs> i might get out here fellas it's been fun heel tones everyone thank you again all right and everybody you know i was glad he could join part of the show always gives us the good interesting uh tidbits from all around wrestling um cleveland getting back to it though uh he, he mentioned a lot there um you know between roh impact COVID again is impacting everyone not only a summer slam I'm, you know, AEW Rampage, the first Chicago show, first show ever, by the way, for you all that still don't know if you're not paying attention, is, uh, I believe, August 20, let me check, it's a week from Friday, so uh, August 20th from 9 9, 9 Central Time to 10, I think they did that Smart Cleveland because it airs right after SmackDown on a Friday night on TNT, and it's only one hour, so at first I'm like, oh, they chose Friday night, what are they doing? But for their second show, that's one hour long. I think it's a pretty good idea they put it on at 9 o'clock right after SmackDown. Because if you're feeling the wrestling vibes, all you got to do is click over. Wait, um, can you repeat that a little bit? I got sort of distracted with the dogs. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, AEW Rampage starting up Fridays at 9 o'clock on TNT, which for us Central Time people is right after SmackDown. I thought at first, bad move on a Friday. But being after SmackDown, I'm going to give it a good move. I like it actually. Um, back in the day, ECW would come on somewhat, sort of, sort of late, and ROH comes on sort of a little late on Saturday. So you know, you got some people that still want to watch a little wrestling at Stadium on Friday. So you click over after SmackDown, or probably another great episode of SmackDown. You go check out AEW. So I like the idea. Um, it's smart to do it after SmackDown instead of during SmackDown because I think AEW sort of seen that uh, they really. The viewership just doesn't work out, so let's just do it right after SmackDown while we still have people fresh thinking about wrestling. No, no doubt, and um, we'll see. I mean, as AEW keeps growing, they're starting to consistently get about a million viewers in an episode, so good to see as they keep growing and what will be in store. The reason I want to go to that is because I keep thinking CM Punk's going to appear because it's Chicago, so I'd really hate to miss out on that opportunity because tickets aren't that expensive at the United Center right now for the opener of the show. But uh, getting back to you know this, some other storylines before we get out of here tonight because, I mean, we – you know, we've been MIA a little bit. We did have the YouTube show last week, but between vacations and personal schedules, we're glad to be back with y'all. And, um, you know, Cleveland, I hit on a lot of the titles, a lot of the matches. Um, I'll get my thumbs down that I'm not really looking forward to. I'm kind of, you know, unless Becky Lynch comes out, I'm just not feeling the women's match at all between Charlotte, Nikki, and Riot. Regardless of who wins, I won't get overly excited there. So, um, hopefully, you know, there's rumors of big names coming back at SummerSlam. Well, we already got John Cena, so big names left that haven't came back. Possibly Becky Lynch's, maybe your Brock Lesnar's. I'm not saying any guarantees or what have you, but those are the names um, 
that will definitely be floating around as we get closer. Getting back to the storylines on hand, though, uh, you know, after Raw last night, you met, we mentioned Sheamus and Priest, where that's going. The one thing I'm kind of tired of, though, is having the same, um, you know, if Sheamus is going to fight somebody else, you know, don't give Ricochet a loss again. Get, you know, get make it, maybe make somebody new or somebody else. Like we saw Karrion Cross and Hardy. Cross won it last night. Uh, Hardy won it a few weeks ago because he had COVID. Um, you know, there's a lot of matches that, you know, they keep repeating themselves here, and it's a redundant storyline, especially when you have a three-hour Raw show. Um, I know they're good superstars Cleveland, but, you know, like when Bliss and Dewdrop went at it, uh, you know, not really all, all they're into it. When Ricochet and Sheamus went at it, I was into it, but I saw in the last few weeks, I was like, yeah, you know, Again, with the Cross and Hardy thing, I get they're going with that. They want Cross to punish Hardy after he took a crappy pinfall. But some of these storylines, I enjoyed Raw last night. It, it got a decent amount of reviews. But I'm I'm waiting for, you know, maybe it's new blood that's on the way. But some of these matches that are redundant kind of seem a little pointless here and there. Uh, welcome to Rerun Raw, where they show the same matches back to back. Because, folks, that is what it seems like. Um the carry cross Jeff Hardy feud is it sounds it started off not that bad actually, but I just think people aren't buying into it. People still love Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy merchandise still sell. He's still a huge hit with the crowd. So Jeff Hardy's always safe. But I read an article earlier that a lot of fans are not feeling carrying cross where on the main compared to NXT where he was the big thing, but he gets on a big stage and a lot of fans just aren't feeling him. So Hopefully that's the end to that because we don't need to see this anymore. I don't think people truly care um, at this point. Is doing nothing but damaging Jeff Hardy just being around these two guys. So let's cut that. Um, yeah, yeah like- it's like he, he got a new song. It's like, okay, I get this little bit of a storyline, but I've, you know, just like we saw Elias with the fire burning, which I want to talk about in a minute. Let's get Jeff Hardy going back. That that Elias thing kind of pumped me up, and it kind of was sentimental because he threw his guitar. In. Let's get that kind of thing going with Jeff Hardy. But, anyways, your point on Alexa Bliss? Um, the Alexa Bliss and the Dude Drop. It's just I don't know where they're going with the Alexa Bliss thing. It's still pretty unique to see, but uh, another snoozer, as I would call get, it. Uh, getting a little, getting a little tired. Alexa does a great job, but. Lily's not cutting it, no. and um, nobody likes Eva Marie. <laughs> it's only it's only so much you can try. That's what I'm saying. With the live audience back now, the idea now you get to really see is this idea that you were using when there wasn't fans around is truly good or not. And I just think Alexa Bliss is really trying, but I just think a lot of people are just waiting for the fiends to come back. Um, the Sheamus and Ricochet. You mentioned that they have fought a few times the last few months. Good matches, but we need to see something else. Um, the Mustafa Ali and um, what's that you know, guy? I, I th- you know, Mustafa Ali and uh, uh, Mansoor, you know, but finally last night, I think you know, um, Mustafa Ali was like, Hell yeah, he helped me out, and like, because he was getting pissed. Uh, T Bar and Mace, the tag team from um. The broken up feud that we don't need to always go back over. Retribution. Um, thank you. Um, Mason and T-Bar are big guys, and they were kind of kicking ass last night and won the match, but Mansoor was not happy. He protected Ali. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to say it's too redundant. Maybe it go, maybe it goes somewhere there. But like Ali and my, like you got to build him and Mansoor up somehow, somehow, some way. They're going to have to win some. You can't lose the T bar and Mace and expect to go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's strong for the tag team. Like Tones mentioned um, earlier in the show, WWE tag team division is pretty weak. So you can have these guys feuded out. Potentially two team. good teams. Potentially. Potentially. Good teams. I like T-Bar and Mace. I think they're pretty unique big guys. They have a pretty solid finisher. And they're sleepers where you can have them challenge for the tag team. And there's really no high expectation for them. So I'm feeling them. Um, it's something else. Oh, shout out Reginald, the 24-7 champion. Uh, he keeps I, hopping around and making me happy. I'm, I'm entertained by it. He is very athletic. It's very happy to see him get his shine. It's nice to see the 24-7 title back. I know a lot of us complain how goofy it looks and this and that, but it's still funny as hell to see just people running around chasing each other. Well, I'm glad. I'm not to cut you off, but like Reginald is someone I didn't like, and I was starting to get bored of the 24-7 title, and I like both again now. That's what I'm saying, because it was, the problem was they just had R-Truth and then uh, the other guy winning it. Now you got Reginald, who's this high flyer. This man just did some – his finisher move, we saw it in person. That move was crazy. The little flip, a cool finisher. And it's just so athletic, and it's just – it's a it breathes fresh air into the 24-7 champion. So shout out Raw for actually making the 24-7 title relevant. Now, if SmackDown can only do that with an Intercontinental champion, then we're, we're you know, we're doing the right things because um, we talked about it. Apollo Crews is just not cutting it. I don't even care for the Intercontinental champion just because Apollo Crews – he held the champion 127 days. And I can't even count out of them days where I was actually excited watching his matches. So, yeah. And, you know, our truth, he, he's always awesome, but he needed someone to be kind of on his level and battling this thing. Uh, him and Sazawa yesterday were dressed up as like janitors or like, you know, like just professors, like trying to get to Reginald. Reginald just keeps hopping around and goes, You ain't going to catch me. You can try. So, that all to me was good stuff. And, um, I definitely enjoy that, and that's coming from a guy who was get like the twenty four seven time. Like, oh man, this is just filler time. But I'm actually I'm interested to see it because you get a guy like Reginald, who is uh, we all thought was you know failing in a storyline with Nia Jackson uh, and and uh, Shayna Baszler, and boom, here we go. He's doing it on his own, just fine, and it's all good stuff. So. You know, we covered a lot about Raw there. Um, we hit on pretty much everything we can talk about. Uh, SmackDown again this Friday, just for you, those Edge will be there. John Cena will be there. Um, that's one match we forgot to even mention. Edge and Seth Rollins, I'm loving that. It totally makes sense. It's kind of like, to me, uh, Seth Rollins is, uh, is you know, wants to be what Edge was back in the day. So it just makes too much sense if they're not going to be able to fight for the universal title that they fight each other. Um, old school versus new school. I'll be rooting for Edge. Uh, do, will you be doing the same in that match, Cleve, or are you going, Seth? Oh, in terms in. of who you're going to cheer for. Oh, this is one of those I'm kind of torn in between because, like I mentioned, I was watching SmackDown the day of Edge, but I am a huge Seth Rollins fan, the Messiah, whatever you want to call it, drips Seth right now. Um, but if I was going to have to back somebody, man, I'm going Seth Rollins. I'm always uh, – I always like to see the young go over the old just so you know um, it's Seth time. So much as I like Edge, I'm going with the younger guy. 
This is a dream match, though. This is a dream match. For oh, me. and that's why I was hoping um, we'd get a stipulation at some point. You know, I'm hoping maybe because we're gonna have to get that ma- no holds barred or last man standing from something. And I and if correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we gotten that reported out of any matches just yet. Um, so I'm hoping maybe that comes about in the next few days or the next couple episodes. Um, you know, as we keep going down the line here, uh, AEW wise, we talked about how they have rampage coming up and potentially, um, you know, the big story that could be go on there. I mean, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, there's really not much you have to talk about besides that, but, uh, big show and others I know talked about why a little bit in other AEW care or other WWE characters and, because they were kind of making fun of the line where Vince said, you know, no more midgets in NXT. And then with all the, you know, all the controversy right now, there's a lot of talk on more superstars going from WWE to uh, AEW. And just a couple of quotes here while I go through this. Um, like I said, Big Show was talking on why he goes, absolutely, they could fit in. There has been an influx of talent for whatever reason. WWE has gone in a different direction with what they're doing as a company. Their business line is beyond me and they're doing their own thing and it works for them. They've had great success with it. The biggest difference that I can relate to anyone outside is that AEW is a wrestling company, but also one dedicated to the talent. It's about the fans, but also about the talent versus about being just the company. Obvious shot at Vince there. We have talents who are available, and if they make their way to AEW, it will result in an incredible amount of freedom for them to continue entertaining the fans and to continue to grow. Anyone now who has been in this business long enough is smart enough to know where momentum is going, and you've got to agree that it's with AEW. It's got a great ground uh, groundswell of support and from fans who are really into the product. The storylines are unique. They have a different flavor and excitement about them. I made the transition myself because after four decades, I left as I could see the writing on the wall of where my professional wrestling was headed. Now, let me say one thing. We talk about this all the time. It, it, I don't mind any of the old people cuts. I'm talking your Mark Henry's, your big shows, your Ric Flair's. Yes, they can help in storylines and behind the scenes. WWE, you know, has had enough of that over their time. So I don't mind that. It's some of the confusion with guys like A-Lister, Black, and Bray Wyatt that hurt me. But Cleveland, one thing I think we can agree on, it definitely does seem after, you know, all this time AEW has been on and the releases and the signings that you do get more creative freedom when you go to that company. And I think that has hurt WWE a little more than Vince McMahon thought. Um, I will say that. Um I think just that in the fact that AEW is not PG-13, so it gets a little more edgier, and you actually see chair shots or blood. So, you know, you still got fans that prefer that type of wrestling, which is a respect because wrestling is wrestling. You know, it just comes in different forms. So um, the fact that some guys do have freedom is very I think it is something that Vince should look into. Um, funny fact, fun fact is that in ECW is the same way where Paul Heyman would encourage his rest, encourage his wrestlers to use promos and come up with their own gimmicks and stuff to get over with the crowd. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters most. Also, I mentioned promos. You have to get over with the crowd, whether they're booing you or they're cheering you. It's some sort of reaction to let the you know to tell you that you are doing something right, and when you give guys freedom and 
allowed their creative minds to take over. You get creative characters, you get unique things that you would not see in a company where you're handed a script and you're supposed to go out there and read from a script, unless you're a certain guy like John Cena or The Rock or Roman, where you can venture off the script just a little bit to add your own flair to it. So I think, yeah, creative freedom is definitely key in today's wrestling. Girl. No, no doubt. The paycheck's important, and so is uh, you know the amount of time you work. But you got to be liking what you're doing. Uh, with the few minutes we have left, though, as much as we hit on, we were able to get Ryu Kendrick here just to talk for a few minutes and to get the latest on how he's doing in his professional wrestling career. Ryu, glad to have you back. How you been? Uh, what's going on, Joe? What's going on, Cleve? It's good to be back. It's been a while, oh, man. And I mean, you know. It's been a while. I know I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks, but just catch us up. What's been the latest? Uh, when was your last match? When's your next match? What's been going on? Okay, so far, um, my last match was last Saturday. I have a new trainer. Nice. Yeah, I have a new trainer. Uh, his name is Davey Richards. Shout out Davey Richards. Yes. He's been all over the world. He's a uh, New Japan. He's currently in. Uh, he's currently in the Fed uh, Major League Wrestling. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it, but check it out. And and correct me if I'm wrong. Before we move on to what's next, it it seems to me from what I've seen from afar, you've been more you know mixed in with tag teams or even uh, factions. Is that correct? Um. Currently, our uh, our camp, our wrestling camp, is called Team Ambition. Okay. Tell us more about that. Uh, pretty much, Davey came up with Team Ambition because we have this ambition because of us St. Louis wrestlers. We have the drive and we have the like the will to just keep on going in our careers and keep elevating from the bottom up. Well, man, that's awesome. I hope that uh, keeps working out for you. And before Cleveland asks you something here, uh, tell tell the people what's next. And uh, is this something that we can catch on Fight TV again as we did in the past? Um, possibly, uh, towards the end of the month, August 28th, I will be at CCW. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, also be on the lookout for me in this federation called Glory Pro Wrestling. Wow. So that ladies and gentlemen, we weren't kidding. We told you he's a busy man, not only in, uh, you know, in the real life, what he's got to do, but in the wrestling business. And we are just glad to see that keep growing. Uh, on August 28th, the CCW, or the, is it, are these singles events, or are these going to be, uh, you know, tag team events? You have to find out. Okay, that's fair enough. Is he, uh, you know, hey, everyone's got to be left for a little bit of a, a I don't want to call it a surprise. I do want to call it a surprise, though, because he's leaving us on the edge of our seats. Cleveland, uh, you know, you always say the Giants suck during episodes to try and Come at Ryu Kendrick. Are you going to ask him something nice, or what do you got for him? Are you being heel cleave or nice cleave today? Well, I mean, first and foremost, there's no need to act phony around here. He knows the Giants suck. I we think they all don't. know the Giants suck. They're better than the Cowboys this year. Oh well, that's that's your opinion, even though it is <laughs> a crazy right opinion. <laughs> but um, right. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm with Ryu on this one. I've always been a Giants homer. I'm sticking with it. It's all good, mm-hmm. big fella, because we're going to play you guys a few times this season, and we're going to show you why 
you are the bottom of our uh, division. But I do want to say congratulations to my boy um, Ryu. He's had you know a couple matches. He's been winning on the winning side, and then it's been what two years since you've been at it, correct, uh, big fella? Yeah, about two years. So he's actually made a lot of progress within these two years. Um, his promos is actually getting better. I'm waiting on the YouTube where you drop a rap song or something, man. You know, you got the fans out here waiting, but I'm just really proud of you. Um, your Giants suck. Whatever the quarterback is, Jones, he's trash. Saquon's actually pretty good. I'm not going to shit talk him, but the Giants are finishing last in this terrible division. Oh, God. Your team has to be on national TV week one and get killed by Tampa Bay. Oh, oh. Your quarterback's out for uh, four <laughs> months. Oh, wow. So you shouldn't talk over there. But, uh, <laughs> Ryu, before you have any rebuttal to that, um, I do also want to ask you uh, a follow-up. In the two years now that you've been going, what do you think has changed the most for you in a positive manner? Uh, what's changed for me is definitely my confidence. Definitely. Ever since training with Davey, I feel more comfortable and I feel more confident when I'm in the ring. And do you have any rebuttal to Cleveland's slander on your football team? I'm not even going to talk about that, to be honest. I mean, it's a waste of his time, right? Yes. Cowboys are trash. Well, hey, Ryu, before we got you go, we want to, we really appreciate the time. And um, I know I'll be seeing you soon. So I'm excited about that. But uh, keep staying safe. Most importantly, stay healthy. Keep on those feed ears and keep trucking and keep uh, doing the good things you do. We appreciate you being on. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I was. Going over, I had a rough day today, so I was able to at least come up for at least 10 minutes. Hey, and that's what it's all about. He had a rough day, and he still made time for cleaving me. Thank you again, Ryu. Hell yeah, no thank you, big fella. And that was Ryu Kendrick. We were really happy to have him for the few minutes we can. Cleveland, we're getting up to the top of the hour here. Any closing comments before we go? Um, like I said, I just want to thank all of our fans and listeners that tune in every episode, um, like Joe mentioned. We have had a couple things going on, you know, happy uh, belated birthday to our boy, Marcel, who's been on the show a few times. Happy belated birthday to Joe, old man Joe over there. So Don't remind me. <laughs> like we said, we all had a couple things going on. I'm still trying to move into my place and unpack everything. So, But thank you for our guests. I'm pumped about the one-year anniversary. It's crazy because I was literally – getting in the shower and I was listening to Cleveland me and I strolled all the way down. I was like, man, we came a long way from when we first started. I had a notebook. I was a little nervous and now we're more confident. A couple of jokes. Um, our guests is fun. So thank you everybody that's been a ride, been along on this ride. Um, pump for the one year anniversary show. And again, thank you everyone that checked us out every episode and go Cowboys. Well, everything he said is correct, except I'm going to say go Colts. But to all the fans out there, once again, from Illinois to Washington to all over the world, to Brazil, uh, we always appreciate you guys. Texas, in the list goes on and on. If we could give shout-outs all day, we would. Be on the look for everything else, including the one-year anniversary. But once again, this long a break won't happen for a while. We just needed it a little bit. But for that being, Cleve, this is me. God bless. And as always, Cleve. Good night.